morning and happy Sabbath, church. <laughs> it's a blessing to be here with my good friend, John. We've been working together for a number of years um, at the outreach at Queen Victoria Market. And uh, this afternoon, we're going to be there as well. Uh, so today, my sermon's entitled, uh, Belong, Believe, Become. Today is Global Youth Day. Um, a day where youth across the globe um, go out of their churches and help to reach out to the community um, through service, through helping others, through sharing love. But what if you're not okay? I was driving and noticed a sign on the back of a car and it said, it's okay not to be okay. See, I wasn't okay. During my teenage years, uh, I struggled with mental health issues I struggled with my identity. I struggled to have a relationship with God. Um, I used to see uh, the chaplain um, saying to people, come, have a Bible study. You know, you'll get to know about God. And people used to say, you know, do you hear him speaking to you, Beck? Do you hear him? And I said, no, I don't. And I really struggled with that. And it made me feel not worthy. And... Um, to the point where um, I started to behave like I wasn't a child of God. It wasn't until the age of 24 when I started to understand my calling, my purpose in life, what, God, what gifts God had given me and what really broke my heart. My heart broke when I witnessed racism, hatred, abuse and poverty. I knew I wanted to help people experiencing pain and this led me to Adra. So where did I start to feel that I belonged to God? This was when my church ran a giftedness seminar and uh, invited me to have a role. They also supported me with mentors and then I truly felt that I, that I belonged. But maybe it was hard for me to connect when I was a teenager because I followed the behave, believe, belong See, I wasn't okay during the East Gippsland bushfires because I witnessed suffering and pain. Farmers crying because they had lost everything, lost their livelihoods. My only source of strength was God. People may look up to leaders and think that we have got it all together, but we don't. I'm here to tell you, we don't. God has it all together and it is our daily dependence on him that we can become his vessel. We become who God has called us because we surrender first. If you have your Bibles here, let's open up to Romans 5, verse 3 to 5. This is one verse that hit me during COVID and really helped to get through what I was going through. It says, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, during all the challenges of the bushfires and COVID, I saw hope and God's love poured out through ADRA volunteers. Project managers shared testimonies of miracles they had seen from God. Liz who's our manager at the Adra Community Centre in Wonturner, she says, I have had many God moments, but today we had a domestic violence client come in with her six-week-old daughter 
and I asked her if she was using formula, and she said, yes, do you have any? I'm desperate. I asked which one she used. She said, Aptimal Gold. We've never had that one in my recollection, but I said, I'll go and look. But I don't think so. Instead, I'll get wipes, nappies, lotions, etc. for you. I went to the baby food cupboard, and there, at the front, was a can of the exact formula. I took it to her and said, God wanted you to have this. And this is from Sue, the manager of the Adric Community Care Centre in Fentry Gully. We had packed all of our food hampers for the day and had nothing left for our next lot of deliveries. Two of the volunteers who were not Adventists said, let's ask your God to bring in the four staple items that we desperately need. The next day, those four exact staple items were delivered. Praise God. With family and domestic violence on the increase during COVID, we thank ADRA for supporting women moving to safe housing. And that was from Women's Housing Victoria. Going through the bushfires, uh, I heard that a lady drove over 100 kilometres to come to our centre in Bansdale because she had connected with a volunteer one week before and she wanted to drive 100 kilometres to see that same volunteer who she connected with. This is belonging. John's going to speak soon, but I wanted to, to talk about this skit, which was written by Julie Catton, Children's Ministry Director. It is a humorous illustration of how church can be for someone new. Hope you find this humorous, John. <laughs> so I thought I would go and visit the church down the road, which had a big orange sign. As I got to the front door, there were a couple of people in conversation who turned, smiled, and gave me a flyer for the church service. I thought that was nice, but wish I knew their name, and so I continued walking, until I saw a couple of people walking through a door, and not wanting to stick out, I followed them, pretending I knew what I was doing. Turned out this was where the church service was happening. I quickly eyed a spare seat in the corner, and had just sat down when a handbag pushed hard into my neck. Rubbing my neck, I turned to see an old but surprisingly strong lady smiling sweetly at me. She said, excuse me, dearie, but you're in my seat. Last time I went to church, there weren't set seats. I guess the things have changed. So I got up to move to the row in the front, and as I passed, she said, thank you, love. Have a happy Sabbath. As I settled into my new seat... Someone announced that it was time to begin the divine hour with a call to worship. I wondered if we should be using phones in church, but turns out he was announcing a song. The organ played, and amazingly, everyone around me stood up at exactly the same time. I quickly jumped up and tried my best to follow along. When the song finished, it was awkward all over again when everyone except me sat down at the same time. How did they all know? After another, after another song, a man got up and said it was time to take up the offering. I was a bit confused. What do you offer and where does it get taken up to? Fortunately, he explained, the offering was going to support a conference ministry which was partnering with the union to help the division achieve a GC initiative. Then he said there would be a second 13th Sabbath offering as well as a chance to give to the local budget. I counted 16 different offerings that day and I wasn't sure if I had to give one or to all. 
or who the union was, why it was in division, and when this conference was happening. I was trying to figure out what they were all about when the man with the bag came to me. I still didn't know what the offering was for, and I never carried cash, so I just said, no thanks. He must not have heard me because he just jiggled the bag again in front of me and looked at me, eyebrows raised expectantly. People around started to stare. I felt like I was holding up the show, so I panicked and threw my whole wallet in. While they went around to other people with the bag, I was worried I wouldn't ever see my wallet again. They then announced that this week was the week of annual sacrifice. Now, I wasn't worried about seeing my wallet again with this week of sacrifice. I was w wondering if I would ever see my parents again. I don't remember much about the sermon, except the pastor talking about Leviticus, mildew and washing clothes. I wondered if the church was sponsored by Napisan. I admit my thoughts did wander a little during the two hours he was preaching. At one point, a newborn baby started crying. I felt like joining in. But when I saw the SWAT team run down the aisle and carry the baby and its mother out the back door, I managed to hold it together. At the end of the service, someone announced that there was a potluck in the hall. Now, this I knew about. I had heard that you should bring a plate. So with my plate under my arm, I confidently followed everyone else to chance my luck with the pots. Turns out my luck wasn't great. Two days of gastro followed me home. So how was my church experience? Well, I did have three people talk to me. Two said hi in the foyer and the other left me with an imprint of her handbag on my neck. I lost my wallet and had to use up two sick days recovering from whatever was in those wrist holes. The end. <laughs> so all jokes aside, this skit actually represents a type of class system, an exclusive system, whereby only the insiders know the secrets and a certain way to behave. As SDA Christians, we need to be inclusive. And if we truly follow Jesus and gospel-inclusive message of belong, believe, become, we should be moving away from behave, believe, belong. Are we teaching behaviour modification or gospel transformation? A church that follows this model allows people to come as they are, literally. It allows people to be honest and vulnerable. It leaves room for grace. In actuality, it's all about grace. It allows us to acknowledge that we are not perfect, but God is. We are not righteous, but God is. We don't have our act together, but God does. So if you're in this room today, and if you're not feeling okay, and if you're watching from home today and you're not feeling okay, please reach out to someone. Please read out, reach out to a friend. Um, you are not alone. And uh, we have some numbers that we can share with you after the service as well. I'm now going to invite my good friend and colleague, John, to talk about his life and what he's experienced. Thank you. Thank you, Beck. Well, I'll take you right back to the start. My life started at age of six or seven when I used to wander the streets all the time. By the age of ten, uh, they got sick of me and ended up putting me into a boys' home as a state ward. It was all right for a little while until I got 
gang rights for the older kids. I still wondering why I was locked up, because I never committed a crime. But I learnt how to bloody do a crime, because that's where you do your apprenticeship, in the boys' home. Because I was gang raped, as soon as I um, got out, I still hit the streets, and I ended up on alcohol and drugs. I spent over up to early 80s on drugs and alcohol, really abusing my life. I caught hepatitis and carried that for over 40 years. I, I had a lot of relationships, but <coughs> not the relationships you would cast. A lot of it was just for fun, and no one knew I was taking drugs or committing crimes. Um, I've been homeless now for over... Well, not homeless now. I've been on the street most of my life and I... Lost thought then. Um, sorry, this, this is... I'm out of practice because I haven't done this for quite a while because of the advice. But I still go out the streets now and I still hang around and talk to the homeless people. The biggest problem is... It's the bloody government. Um, start off with, we need more affordable housing where people can pay 25% of the income towards housing. We need to raise the unemployment rates. Jobs are not like they used to be. You get one job, you can walk around the corner and get another job. Because the government sold all our workforce out, <coughs> um, jobs are not that easy to get. The unemployment rates, you're not going to end homeless if the people are unemployed because they're not going to be able to afford 25% of the income. And plus, we need to get them onto uh, rent assistance. The government's going to have to pass some law to allow them rent assistance so they can come off the street and go into affordable housing. This has been going on for over 50 years. And it's got to stop. It's definitely got to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is by people like you getting into Council of Homeless People's website. There's a, a, a place where you can join up in everyone's home that you'll get information on what's happening with the homeless people. And you can also... There's a spot where you can send letters to the government and, and make your concerns about the homeless. Because the homeless people is growing. I've got... Two at the moment. One's been on the street for nine years. Another one is only 53 years old. He's suffering very bad from arthritis and he can hardly walk. And there's a lot of other disabled people on the street. This is getting out of a joke. I suffered from mental health myself going through my life. I suffered abuse from my family. What family I had was none. I suffered abuse in school. So most of my life I've, I've suffered nothing but domestic violence right through my whole life. And that's the way I acted towards people. I end up hating a lot of people. There's a lot of things I don't believe in, unfortunately. Um, but now, since... I've um, come off the street 11 years ago. I'm in affordable housing 
actually just across the road there I live, so not far from here. Uh, I paid 25% of my income, which is affordable, and I spent seven days a week on the streets again with the homeless people, sitting and talking to them and keeping them company. Um, that's basically about my life. So homeless is not a joke. It is serious, and it's getting worse. People like you, all it takes is you lose your relationship or you lose your job, you can end up becoming homeless. I had a guy used to walk past me every day and told me to get a job and get a house. One day I walked around the corner, that same guy was sitting there, homeless. And I said to him, I said, what happened? He said, I lost my job, I lost my family. He said, now I'm homeless. <coughs> and he apologised to me for the pain, you know, for what he did to me. And he realised now, now how easy it is to become homeless. So, you know, without any workforce or anything to help them along, it's so easy. But if everyone can get in the CHP website and join up in everyone's home, send letters off to the government and let them know about the homeless people. You know, we're getting mental retarded people on the street, we're getting disabled people on the street, we're getting them all. And it's not fair unless people like you can stand up and say, we've had enough. I'd like to say thank you for your time and listening to me. So... Before you go, John, um, I just want to let everyone know, without John being on the streets um, every day, um, we wouldn't be able to do the work that we're doing. He helps us to connect us with the homeless people. Um, he even, we had a bit of a desk space there at one time and he was bringing homeless people to do referrals as well. So John, you're a blessing. And I, I know you don't believe in prayer, but I pray for you. And I think that you're an amazing, amazing person and you're a child of God and you are gifted and he's given you these gifts to go out onto the street and serve others. So I just want to thank you um, from the bottom of my heart and from all the Adra volunteers that see you every week. I think they feel safe that you're there. They feel that they can actually reach out and use their gifts. So you are a blessing and I want to let you know that today. Thank you. <laughs> Funny thing she said that. It was my story back in 2007 when I hit the newspapers and the uh, current fair show on Channel 9 that the first service started to come out 12 months later because I mentioned I had to work while I was homeless. I had to sell the big issue. I worked in a coffee shop to get money to buy food. I said this to the, news, to the newspapers and current fair show and then two years later, these wonderful people come out and started helping and they do it on their own free time. We're you know. now going to go to a, a video now. This is a bit of a surprise for you too. You're in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll just end on the video. Thanks. Um, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you, challenging year. From the bushfires to COVID, um, my thoughts and prayers go out to all the families that have been affected. Today is September 10th 
and Victoria is still in stage four lockdown. But we have a rule in our house that when we complain, we have to give a compliment. So today I want to thank God for his provision, his safety, his leadership, and our amazing volunteers across the state who have gone above and beyond to support people in need. You have truly represented the values of justice, compassion, and love. We have seen many answers to prayer, 11th hour answers where we've run out of breakfast cereal and then a heritage college teacher comes in and says that they're building a wall of weepies. And then other answers to prayer where two or three people have come and they want to support in an area. And this is how Lakeside Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pakenham reopened. It says in the Bible, when two or three people are gathered in his name, he is there also. Initially, it began by supporting a few families, then to about 30 families, and now to about 65 families, because the need is, has been so great during COVID. So I encourage you to reach out, to step out in faith, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you, church, so much for your support. Hi, um, I've, I'm here at Adra today collecting food uh, for my family. Uh, we, like everyone, started to struggle with COVID when my hours got drastically cut back. Uh, we worked out all our finances and we could afford our bills and our mortgage, but there was no money left for food. Uh, we had no idea what we were going to do. My partner frantically was looking for relief and she came across Deb and she's been great. She's helped us so much. Uh, we get, uh, we get more, more than enough food for us. And my little boy's three. He's been helping us uh, deliver to our neighbours. So whatever we can't get through, we give to all our neighbours. And it's, it's helping a lot of people. It's not just helping us. And it makes us feel good. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Adra. Most of our cities are in lockdown. Businesses, shopping centres playgrounds and church buildings are all currently closed. Most of society are confined to their homes. But there is activity as volunteers from every walk of life are coming together and working with ADRA to make a difference in their communities. And not just for the vulnerable or for those on the margins of society, but those most at risk at this difficult and challenging time. G'day guys, um, I was brought up a Catholic Christian, I'm no longer religious, I lost my faith in large organisations a long time ago, but I'm old enough to realise how valuable it is to help. Um, I've been lucky enough that I have a personal relationship with ADRA, uh, which is an organisation that I trust fully and that's why my wife and I are here now helping out. Um, what I've learnt over my, my time is that if you can help, help, if you need help, ask, because everyone helps from the process. Hi everyone, we're here at Pakenham again and uh, look we've had some amazing stories coming through from our community, the people we're sharing with, uh, people who seem to think we're giving them too much food so they're actually sharing it with their neighbours, they're taking their young children with them and sharing it with their neighbours, elderly neighbours. Um, it's been a blessing, uh, we've had so many people come in and help us, um, community members, driving, volunteering. It's been huge. Um, I'm a bit tired tonight. We've had a really, really busy day today, so I'm a little bit brain dead. But, um, yeah, it's been an amazing blessing day. And, uh, yeah, it's a great way to spend the day before Sabbath. Hi, my name's John. I am an ex-homeless person. I've been on the streets for about 50 years. Uh, I've been working with Adra for the last four years, helping them introduce them to the 
homeless people on the street so they can get their food and services what they need. I'd like to say thanks to Adriel for coming out and my lovely friend Beck for helping for um, helping me to introduce everyone to Adriel. I'd like to say thank you very much. Most churches usually only meet once a week or they might have something else during the week but we've found since the COVID crisis that we are meeting, uh, opening our church and using it to support the community seven days a week. Our ADRA food pantry here has been running for over 40 years, but we are finding ourselves working uh, to support the community in a different way this time, and it's been very well received. Hey, I've been out here helping with ADRA, and it's been such an exciting, challenging, and interesting time, you know, and while our church buildings are shut, no one's going there, the lights are off, the pews are empty, it would seem like Christianity is shut off in a sense. But I think now is a time more than ever where we've actually been showing our faith, where we've been responding to the crisis and showing Christianity its true colours. And ADRA has been responding to the needs of the community, uh, putting together packs and essential items for, for families in need. And it's been a great way to actually respond and to build community and to demonstrate true Christian faith and love during this time. Hi, my name is Ethan. I'm 13 years old. And here I'm at Queen Victoria helping out homeless people who are in need and help. So what we do here is we serve food that people are in need and I'm a volunteer doing soups. So you can see um, people have their own stories. We talk to them, help them what's going on in their lives and how can we um, prevent that, what's going on. So um, yeah, that's what we've been doing for every week since COVID started. And that's what I love doing, sharing um, my life stories, what's going on, what's happened to them, and just interacting with each other. That's what I like here, socialising with each other. So, yeah. afternoon we're all meeting at uh, 1 p.m. to actually all join and have lunch together with those that we interact every week on the street uh, and we'll have the big Adra bus uh, you can't miss it it's very colorful <laughs> uh, so please come down meet the team um, we'd love to see you there thank you John for sharing your story and um, I'd just like to end with prayer dear Heavenly Father I just want to thank you for your love and your blessings and um, for people that we meet every day and that we can share our stories with and help us to be vulnerable, help us to connect on a level that is not just surface. And as we go out there today, Lord, help us to connect with people, share our stories. Um, yeah, we, we are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, dear Lord, and we need you every day. Help us to surrender each and every day to you so that we can be your vessel, so that we can become who you want us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.